0: Yeah, and when I finally like started to admit to myself that I was gay, like I was so much like self-love followed up afterwards in in very strange ways. It's a wild, mind-opening it's it's an adventure. (laughs) So yeah, I decided to like start having crazy adventures. So I'm about to hit the Arizona
1: Trail. Welcome to the Why We Hike podcast, where we explore the highs, the lows, and the whys for going outside. I'm your host, Ford Thunder Erickson, and boy howdy, that intro rhymed real good. Let's do some talking. All right, here we are in the beautiful Sonoran Desert. You can hear the desert birds making their strange noises and here I am, sitting next to a man who has been much requested for this podcast. He is a local celebrity here in Tucson, Arizona. None other than Paul Bird. Paul Bird, say howdy to the community. Hi, friends. Uh, a
0: local celebrity is kind of a misnomer. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I, the only reason like people associate me with Tucson is Tucson has a, a specific vibe, you know, like the... Hippie, cowboy, artsy, Mm. loser town. And I love it. It's dirty, very deserty. And like, I just personify all of those stereotypes in a very similar way. So people associate me with Tucson and I do too. Yeah.
1: No, I do too. You're, you're, you are Tucson, Arizona to me. I am. When when I first met you two, three years ago, we'll get into this in greater detail later, but I came away with meeting you and I was like, Paul Bird is like the future mayor or king of tucson arizona i don't know he is the people's mayor i would say i am the people's so mayor. anyway paul bird is uh i've met him through the wilderness therapy scene he worked in wilderness therapy which is rigorous hard job out in the wilderness for uh it was like two and a half years or so was that I'm correct three three okay well yeah we'll round, <laughs> we'll round up to three which is anyone not familiar it's with that 32 industry months okay 32, 32 months, months non-stop yeah non-stop which is amazing Just for reference, if you haven't worked in the wilderness therapy field, I can only usually work five to six months at a time before I got to get out of there and get a break. But Paul worked 32 months in a row, which is amazing. So there's a lot to talk about there. And before that, you were working at a mortuary and loving it, as far as I understand. So we want to get into that very seemingly bizarre transition in your life. But then also, right now, Paul Bird, what's happening in two weeks for you? So I'm
0: about to hit the Arizona Trail. Mm. I'm freaking out about it. I am, i worried Wait. about getting all the food I need. Yeah. I guess.
1: Well, real quick, before if anyone's not familiar with the Arizona Trail, how many miles is it, and what, what's kind of the okay. what are you undertaking here? So it goes from Mexico to
0: Utah, like if you know about Arizona geography, it's just south of Sierra Vista's, the southern terminus. So my parents will drop me off there. They're going to meet me every five to seven days and give me more food. Um, And it's 800 miles, ends in Kanab, Utah. Mm. It goes over. is
1: that far north?
0: Well. Yeah, I mean, it ends...
1: Oh, Canab, I guess, is right over the border. Right? Yeah, Canab is, like, <laughs> Sorry, right I was thinking, there. I was thinking of, like, Panguitch or something.
0: No, no, anyway. no. Sorry. Canab is, is like, it's... Yeah, yeah. I guess Fredonia is yeah. the place mm-hmm. it really ends. Just Canab is a little bit more famous than Fredonia. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it goes over the Catalinas, the Santa Ritas, and those are the mountains I've lived with my whole life. Um Like, especially the Santa Rita's, Madera Canyon. I grew up going there and hiking that mountain, Mount Wrightson, every year. Not every year. I actually didn't – I hated the wilderness when I was a young kid. Oh, we got – wow. I did. Um, Bombshell.
1: We got something to talk about here.
0: (laughs) It was like pulling teeth to get me to go to Boy Scouts. And uh, I remember doing Mount Wrightson with the Boy Scouts when I was 14, and it was just like, it was just torture it's so weird cuz now i do it for fun mm. a lot and <laughs> but i absolutely hated boy scouts and it's it's so hard to like put myself back in that mindset i really have changed so much since i was a young teenager mm. so i don't know exactly how i what my attitude was or like my rationale behind hating boy scouts
1: um, well, but I, was, I wasn't a fan of Boy Scouts either. Oh, you weren't. Why not? Yeah, I think I I didn't I didn't mind going on campouts, and I wasn't anything about the wilderness per se that I was like hated necessarily. But I just I just remember never wanting to do any of the scout things ever, <laughs> merit badges, scout camp, all these things. I did, the I hated the uniforms. Oh, uniforms <laughs> suck. But but yeah. Anyway. Sorry to cut you off, but... No, no. You know, I asked you way. why yeah. you didn't like Similar, it. Yeah. But
0: I would go a step further. I remember, like, it was painful. It was cold. Mm. Uh, I remember one camp out for Boy Scouts. It was just so cold. And and um, I hated it. And, like, I would not go on a camp out after that. So I only went on, like, two or three. Um. So uh, I remember, like the the weird like become a man thing was a huge problem for me i
1: what do you mean just
0: it was the boy scouts are like definitely like how to be masculine it, that's mm-hmm. how it was presented in my mind I, it's probably yeah. not that way at all anymore or like not even intention to be like that
1: yeah
0: but like i have such a complicated relationship with my own masculinity and when i was a teenager like i definitely pushed away my masculinity a lot um (laughs) so
1: yeah i hated it for that reason Mm. so yeah so you in your teen years you grew up hating the wilderness which is fascinating i didn't know this about you um so maybe we'll get back to that in a second (laughs) that that there's a whole man there's more storylines here there's and I two thought. storylines. Uh, w- you have, we have about... Oh,
0: you know that Walt Whitman quote? Uh, that's, I, can, I contradict myself very well. I contradict myself. Uh, I contain multitudes. Huh. Yeah, Walt Whitman, everyone. That's like one of my favorite quotes. And it's like so basic because like Lana Del Rey quotes it all the time. Uh. And I know she's basic. Uh, but, you know, we're all basic a little bit. <laughs> I'm basic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've got about, we've got, uh, let's see... We've got about three hours till <laughs> Paul needs to go, so this could be a long podcast, so who knows what's going to happen here. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Um, I guess, first off, since we started off with the Arizona Trail, and you, you were saying, I cut you off, because I wanted to get a little background on what the off. AZT... No, I did. I cut you off, Halbert. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, were, you were about to say, I'm feeling a little nervous. I don't know how I'm feeling about it. Okay. How are you feeling about it right now? The, what's going on in your heart
0: about it right now? Um, I really don't have much motivation to do it at all. I don't know <laughs> why I decided to do it. I really don't. Huh. I,
1: that was going to be my next question. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's such like, I don't know. I've lived this way my whole adult life. Is like I do things without really thinking about my motivations. You know, it's all very like surface level stuff. I <laughs> consider myself like a surface level person. Um I was like, that sounds cool. I'll do it. Yeah. And uh, and now I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be in the woods for 48 days non-stop hiking. Yeah. That's like a big deal. Um mm. so it's like, why, why am mm. I doing it?
1: Maybe this is this you're meant to be on the podcast right now. Why we hike?
0: <laughs> I guess so. Let's figure it out. I really don't know. Like, for the Instagram post afterwards, okay. I mean like that's, that's a, a good, real thing. Yeah,
1: that's, that's legit, yeah. <laughs> so when, when was the first moment over this last year, I don't know when you decided to do it, that, you're, that you started to consider it? Can you remember that?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, when I was a teenager, my mom said she had a dream to hike the uh, Appalachian Trail. Mm. And I don't know, that just planted some seed in my brain that people could like hike forever. And I thought that was like really neat and really cool that like, they could just be so buff and like Mm. you would just live in the woods for six months hiking nonstop um so i uh always thought like it was like a really cool thing to do like the people who do it are just amazing people and they are dude if you've ever met a thru hiker you just like i love them and um i never thought it could be that because like it's physically demanding and like emotionally taxing too i'm sure yeah i don't know I guess I haven't done it yet, <laughs> but I, I just know like I'm going to be yeah. doing it every day and like my mind is going to be like, why am I doing this? It's going to be for another 48 days. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so, <laughs> and then, um, but I, I got stronger after I started working at um, wilderness therapy and then I figured, dude, I can do really hard things. Mm. I really can. <laughs> yeah. I could do it. I'm a lot stronger than I think I am. I have a lot more like survival skills mm. than I did before wilderness therapy. And even like dealing with the the really sucky parts of wilderness therapy, like I dealt with them so good. Yeah. Like I was built for it in some <laughs> strange way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Yeah. <laughs> like I've met a whole bunch of people who are through hikers and like they're doing the Arizona trail and they're all taking tents and I'm not going to take a tent. Oh, and I like have like this weird, like superiority complex about that. <laughs> How like, no, I'm, I'm not going to have a tent at all. Mm. And I'm not going to be scared of bears like you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever somebody comes into my store, I work at a sporting goods store now. And um, whenever somebody buys bear spray at my store, I just think they're so weak. It's like you need <laughs> bear spray. You just bang pots and pans and throw rocks at the bears. Like uh, that's how that's we annoying. deal with bears here in Arizona. Yeah. So yeah, I judged them a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I really don't know my motivation. Huh. Yeah. So
1: wait, did you answer my question? I'm not sure.
0: Why am I doing it? Well, no, the, or what am I feeling? What's
1: the, what's uh, maybe, you, maybe you did. Cause I, I want to, I want to know. When when was the first moment where you're oh. like, huh, maybe I wanna do the Arizona Trail? Uh, I guess you kinda of answered it. Yeah, just really like my mom saying
0: the Appalachian uh, Trail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm trying to like, I don't know, live or she's trying to live vicariously through me, but I'm making it happen, so huh. what is that? Is okay. that a is How that I a thing that happens? Like yeah, trying yeah. to like fulfill your parents' dreams.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um is, is there anything you hope, are there any hopes you have about it? Like something you hope to get out of this experience on the Arizona trail or, or maybe you haven't even thought about it. I don't know. What are your thoughts in that vein?
0: Yeah. Like I've met a lot of people that do like spiritual journeys. Mm -hmm. Um, but I am like not a spiritual person at all. Mm -hmm. I'm like Almost anti-spiritual <laughs> in a lot of ways. So no, as far as like some great revelation, no, mm. no. I want to see the pretty desert. I want to look at pretty mountains. Mm. I, I don't think it's that complicated. Yeah, yeah. And I also want to just like have some kind of like funny accomplishment under yeah, my belt eventually. Totally. Um, yeah, and like I've done a fifty miler by myself which I know is not 800 miles. But look, it's not complicated. You're just out there. Your mind's clear. Mm -hmm. You're just walking and there's not much else about it. Mm -hmm. That's just the whole story. It's just (laughs) the pretty desert. It's
1: true.
0: uh, The sights and sounds are beautiful. Your legs are just moving and that's, there's, you don't think too hard. Yeah. I love that Paul Bird.
1: (laughs) That's so great. Um, Yeah. I feel like, I do think a lot of times we overcomplicate it, especially with like through hiking type things, because there's something to, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. There's something to just, you are physically able to do this thing right now, you know, and you're in a position with your life and everything where you could do it. And so you're like, I'm from Arizona. Why not? (laughs) You know? Yeah, I would say and so true. just bare minimum. What an amazing life experience! You know, you could decide not to do it, and still life would be great, mm-hmm. right? But you're going to do it, assuming everything go- <laughs> everything goes well. <laughs> no, I believe in you, Paul Bird. Thank you will. You. you will do it. I will. And what? Yeah, what an amazing! If your life is a painting, a nice like a beautiful uh, tone of color you're adding to. This aspect of your life, you know, and uh, I love that you just your simple explanation. Yeah, because I remember when I did the John Muir Trail in uh, well, California, that's 100
0: miles right. Uh, we did
1: about two hundred and fifty. Oh, two hundred
0: fifty. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, we did a little bit. Ex- the John Muir Trail is about two hundred and eleven, mm. but we did had to do a little extra because of some permit issues. But so it was roughly about two hundred fifty, and I remember. There's a lot of PCT hikers out there because it's just, it's a section of the Pacific Crest Trail, and, (laughs) you know, we're like these, like, kind of naive first time through hikers, you know, like, oh, this amazing experience, you know, but the PCT hikers, they're probably, like, just on this spiritual journey. (laughs) They're, like, learning so much about themselves, and they could just, you know, tell us all these things, and... When we first encountered some of them at the base of Mount Whitney in California, <laughs> it, was, it was a very funny experience because uh, I remember we saw a couple of them in their camp kind of close to us. So we were just kind of chatting with them. And uh, I remember one of our friends with us asked these two PCT hikers, like, uh, so what do you feel like you've like gotten out of your experience so far? You know, what have you like learned about yourself or things like that. And uh, some, some question along those lines and both of them were like, uh, I've learned I never want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like we were kind of like these like little kids who just found out about Santa Claus or something like oh. that. We're like, Oh, really? And that was kind of the consistent theme from them that I talked to. They're like, well, yeah, it's been great, but ready for it to be done. <laughs> but what a great adventure. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And I'm sure that's not how it is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is how it is for a lot of people, and that's okay. it's totally okay. That's just how it is. You're just out there walking, seeing some pretty stuff. And I think that's a perfectly okay reason. If especially it would
0: with... <laughs> be controversial on your podcast. Oh, oh. I think it's the better reason. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spiritual journeys suck. <laughs>
1: huh. Well,
0: just kidding, just kidding. I feel bad for saying that, but like, legitimately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone is offended by what Paul Bird just says, please don't give me bad ratings on the podcast. <laughs> please uh, give me some good ratings. Uh, it, it, it's Paul. Paul said it. I didn't say it. That's okay, right. uh, but no, I appreciate your views, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, another life transition I want to hear about was you were full on dealing with dead people for a living. Correct me if I'm wrong, working in a mortuary?
0: Yeah, mortuary.
1: Tell a little bit about that. Before you started on this kind of wilderness journey, as far as I understand, um, working at wilderness therapy and now doing the AZT and everything like that, you were working with dead people. (laughs) Can you tell us a little about, about that? And you really enjoyed it as far as I understand, right? Um, Maybe t- just tell. Yeah, I'm I'm putting words in your mouth. I loved it. Of course, I loved it. <laughs> um, <You
0: stumped>. It's <laughs> it's the. There's, like, this edgy teenager thing that's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go to work and be surrounded by dead bodies, you know? (laughs) And it's, like, that's definitely, like, the vibe I give off. I get that. I am quite, like, the gothic person. I get it. Um, But, like, that only lasts for so long. Mm. (laughs) Um, Really, what kept me going is is uh, like, Everybody you help, it's the worst day of their life. Mm. Every day is a, like a complete tragedy. You're hugging these complete strangers who are just bawling their eyes out because their mom just died. And that's just every day. Wow. Um, and it's, it's weird. It's like this emotionally expanding job. And it's emotionally exhausting. It's an emotional labor job. And I think that's very similar to wilderness therapy, honestly. Mm. That's, I'm attracted to like the emotional labor. And it was working with the still alive people. Like yes, I do embalm. I do cremate. I do uh, drive dead bodies around. Um, and <laughs> I worked in the crematory so much; it was it's kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, I have held some pretty crazy dead bodies in my arms, but it's it's I don't know. It's just a sack of meat. It's not. It, it's really like where the the important thing is is saying goodbye, you know, creating a yeah. a goodbye ceremony for for people mm-hmm. to say goodbye to their mom or their dad or grandma or whatever.
1: How do you uh, – uh, okay, a question just came to my mind. How do you feel like your experience in these things you're discussing, working with dead bodies and the the, the sorrow and mourning of the loved ones, how, if at all, do you feel like that has influenced your – Desire to spend time in the wilderness or has enhanced... This is a big-time question, I know. I should have sent you this beforehand. <laughs> Paul's giving me a weird look, like a stumped look. Um, because I would never really put that two together where you said a little bit like, yeah, because every day you go to work, you're hugging people who it's the worst day of their life. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought of it like that. I kind of pictured you as like... <laughs> I don't know, kind of like (laughs) hunchback of Notre Dame, like cremating bodies and maybe other people are dealing with the actual families and everything. I don't know, but you're right there on the front lines. And, uh, but then you said, you know, you said something to the effect of maybe that there's a connection there between working in wilderness therapy and kind of the emotional exhaustion of that. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it prepared you for that? For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and like how, I guess, I don't know. Can you speak to that a little bit? Is that, uh, or how, how, sorry, I'm asking a lot. Yeah, no, no, right I, gotta, I gotta, I
0: gotta, I, uh, I think just exercising your emotional muscles, it's kind of weird, that's a metaphor, mm-hmm. you know, it's a metaphor and I yeah. don't want to speak in metaphors too much, but um, just the more you emotionally exhaust yourself, the more capacity you have to feel great emotions, more Uh, frequently Mm. I think that's a real thing yeah um you know I (laughs) it's kind of silly but like when I was a teenager I was really into tragedy movies Mm. like complete tragedy movies and I still am of course um I just liked being emotionally drained and emotionally challenged Mm. it made me feel alive in some ways made me feel important um yeah like the emotions were meant to be felt dude we're um this life is definitely a, an emotional roller coaster and like <laughs> i don't ever want to numb myself to that i want to always be vulnerable to whatever life throws at me emotionally um but it's kind of weird because I, I say that and it's it's very idealistic i did like hold some incredibly tragic bodies in my arms that just like made me cry so much but like mm. my empathy can only go so far you know i i don't know what it's like to be in ukraine right now for example mm. you know like to yeah. so be in a country where russia's just like decided to bomb you like um i don't know if they bombed him i just i don't know too much about ukraine But I know there's at least tanks. (laughs) I've seen pictures of those. And um, yeah, so like, it's a weird thing. I go in this like weird thing about empathy. I want to say like I'm a loving person, but I also know I have limits to Mm -hmm. how much I love. And my, my services were very well-received at the funeral home. I was a really good mortician. I was a really good trail walker, too. Mm. You know, like, I, I do have an emotional capacity. Mm. I don't want to, like, toot my own horn so much. but Toot it. Oh, I, toot it. I, all I do is toot my own horn. <laughs> like, if anybody, like, has ever met me <laughs> and they, like, give me a compliment, I'll, like, just, I know. You know, that's everything I say. Oh, man, alive. Uh, too many people love me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's true it's true people who have, if you're listening to this and you don't know paul bird it's possible maybe you're like wow this guy really he thinks he he really just said that but it it, it is actually true right. so why not just own it and paul bird just owns it we all love him we love you paul bird
0: right yeah and if like people love me and i love people like doesn't it stand to reason that people love me and i love other people like Absolutely. if you yeah. If I were to, like, I love my friends so much, like, if they were to, like, if I were to look at myself with those same, like, love eyes, mm. does that make sense? Mm. You know, like, put myself in Ford's shoes right now. It's like, of course Ford likes me. I'm a good friend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he bought me that. some pizza today without me even asking.
0: I, uh, yeah. I mean, like. Of course, people will like me just because they like me. People like people. We're social creatures. It's in our biology to Mm -hmm. just have friends and stuff. So it's like, it's not that complicated.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard a a quote recently. I don't know if it was a quote or just someone, one of my friends or somebody said this thing. I don't remember who said it. So sorry, whoever you are out there, you might be (laughs) listening to this. I can't remember who said this exactly. Um, But they said something like, I don't know if you agree with this or not. They said humans are simultaneously the best and worst parts of being on this planet. What do you think about that? Um,
0: I don't like thinking of things as best or worst or even good and bad. <laughs> That's another podcast, I'm sure. I don't know if you <laughs> want to talk about like good and evil. I'm, like, I don't even like... Have those parameters in my life, so mm-hmm. so I mean, like I'm sure that quote like is helpful to some people um, but i'm I mostly like people. Yeah. I'm an extrovert though, mm-hmm. so it's it's really easy for me to say i yeah, the hardest part of wellness therapy was not being surrounded by people all the time um, like Tucson has a million people, and I was raised here, and it's it's not like the biggest city, but I love. I love crowds. I love, yeah. yeah. So
1: how, just, <clears throat> how do you think, sorry, were you about to? No, no, no. It's how, that, that quote's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so you love people, you love crowds, you love being in the city, all this kind of thing. So how do you think you're going to handle it on the Arizona trail? Whereas as far as right now, mm-hmm. you're doing it alone mm-hmm. um, for 48 days. And I'm sure you'll meet some people out there and stuff. Just kind of how it goes. But, for the most part, you'll be alone. That's pretty crazy for you, I feel like. I will be alone. Um, yeah,
0: a big part of the reason why I want to do it is to push myself mm. and to push my uh, my emotions again in a new mm. way. It's like uh, I will f- face loneliness out there, um, which is something I've never really had to do because I've always just – been an extrovert <laughs> surrounded by people all the time. Yeah. Um, but I've been getting in touch with my like solitude self lately. Mm. I like doing things by myself. It, it's kind of weird. Cause like, especially when you, when I go to Chicago, I'm by myself most of the time, but I'm surrounded by people like so much. We're so tightly packed in those trains and stuff. And those, uh, there's just so many people walking around everywhere but they don't know you. They don't like stop to say hi to you. You can say hi to them and they're all nice and friendly and whatever, but, um, it's a weird feeling being surrounded by people, but not friends. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think does, are any of us surrounded by friends 24 seven? I don't think anybody has that luxury.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I will be lonely. I'll get lonely and it's just going to push me in
1: new ways and I'm going to Come out a better man. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So let's let's rewind now. Okay. Let's go back to what we were talking about earlier when you were talking about how when you're a teenager, you, you hated Boy Scouts, you hated the wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I would presume that back then, if you were to get in the DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future and go visit your teenage self, and you could tell young paul bird now paul bird jr that you worked 32 straight months in a very rigorous outdoor wilderness therapy job and you're about to hike the arizona trail your teenage self would probably be confused i imagine for sure um so what happened Were there steps or was it just kind of one day? You're like, wow, let's try this new thing, which kind of seems like that could be, I don't know. I'd be really interested in hearing about that transition. Okay.
0: Cool. Um, If I could go back in time and (laughs) tell my younger self something, well, first off, I would just like, you know, give my younger self a lot of love. Being a teenager is hard. Um, I would come out a lot sooner than I did Mm. and I it's always weird for like LGBT people. Um or, like it's such a big deal. And I don't think straight people really understand that. Like mm. how big of a deal it really is to be in the closet. It's it's an incredibly painful experience. yeah, um, yeah and when I finally like started to admit to myself that I was gay, like I was like, whew, so much like self-love followed up afterwards. Um in in very strange ways. Um so like <laughs> I, I like that's a huge ingredient in my life story is coming out and admitting it to myself that I was gay. Mm. Um so yeah. <laughs> I uh was definitely like had a lot of self-loathing and I definitely like, you know, dealt with that self-loathing in a lot of unhealthy ways when I was a kid. Uh and I'm sure that like translated to boy scouts and the wilderness but I also uh, I have this dear friend named Vinnie who is a, a dancer I love artists mm-hmm. <laughs> artists are the best people she's a dancer and choreographer and um, she said to me one time I try to satisfy my teenage self I try to like be the person that like, teenage Vinnie would be proud of and that's that's, a, a, uh, that's been, like, one of my mantras in life is I try to be, like, I know teenage Paul Bird would think I'm so cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I remember, I remember, yeah. like, my older brother's friends that, like, went rock climbing and stuff. And I just thought, those rock climbing people are so cool. <laughs> and I still think people who rock climb are so cool. Uh, shout out to every rock climber. I'm in love with you. I have a crush on you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I... I'm living a life now that would make my teenage self proud. Mm. Um, so there's that. The transition would be just learning how to accept myself, first off, for being gay. Um, getting, like, really familiar with, um, like, authenticity. I, can, I consider myself an authentic person. I don't think I lie too much. <laughs> mm. I don't think I'm capable of lying, honestly. And um but yeah, I I like being emotionally vulnerable and I think everybody does. Uh even if we pretend we don't. Maybe I'm making sweeping generalizations over the rest of humanity <laughs> and like that's just inappropriate of me. Um so yeah, I I learned just to like go on adventures, especially like when you, um, when you first like start to admit that you're gay and you start having your first like homosexual experiences, like in the sexual realm, like it's a wild, um, mind opening. It's mind opening. It's incredibly hard. Um, it's, it's an adventure. (laughs) You just like it's scary. It's scary to, um, to inhabit a space where there's not a lot of queer role models, not yeah. a lot of like pre-described paths I was yeah. meant to take because I, I obviously didn't, um, fit the hetero path. Like it just, it just <laughs> didn't work. It was, it created a lot of self-loathing and you can't live that way forever. um, so, yeah, I just decided to like start having crazy adventures. <laughs> and when I was mm-hmm. uh, definitely like in my very young 20s, like, no, I was 18. I think when I was like 18 and 19, I was this wild child. I would like make these crazy clothes and wear them. And I would, um, I one time saw a train going past Walmart and I jumped on it.
1: <laughs> wow. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just cause like, wow, that's like, I'm young like everyone, and wild and unpredictable and I I'm feel free. Like
1: everyone talks about that.
0: <laughs> well, I jumped it on actually it, does it. And uh it it like <laughs> it only went for like, I don't know, two miles and I jumped off. So <laughs> But yeah.
1: So this like living this idea, in my car living idea in your car of adventure started yeah. to conjure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Living in my car was definitely like a huge deal.
1: And you did that when you were young.
0: Um not when I was young. Oh, when I okay. was like twenty four Five, I think, was the first time I did it. And I was going to school full-time and working full-time. Oh. Um, I was going to mortician school and working at a funeral home. And so I had no days off. You know, I was either at work or at school or both yeah. on some days. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, why do I need a home?
1: <laughs>
0: both school and work had a shower, so I
1: just...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's <all> you need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I have like this
1: weird kick for adventure, but not too much adventure. Hmm. What would you, I debate with people about this sometimes. What qualifies something as adventure? Because there's this, there's another quote. Okay. This is a quote from a good friend, Christian Bond. And I, maybe have even quoted this on here before. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, I don't even know if Christian has ever listened to this podcast, but I've quoted him several times hey, on Christian. here. So Christian, I don't know if you know Paul Bird. Paul Bird, Christian I love Paul. you, Christian. <laughs> love you too, Christian. Anyway, <laughs> Christian, when I first started working wilderness therapy, uh, he said this a few times that I kind of liked, but I'm still not, I'm not sure if it's entirely accurate, but he said, because we always talk about you know social media and stuff. We're like, oh, I love going on adventures. That's kind of like a thing on dating apps and stuff. Like, oh, I just love adventures. You yeah. know, kind of thing, which is cool. That's great. But Christian Bond said, "It's never an adventure until something goes wrong." Hmm. Do you feel like you agree with that quote, or does this fit the description of kind of this adventurous side that you started to conjure in your younger years?
0: I, I hear the quote, and I. I agree to some extent. I think an adventure is just a new experience that you mm. don't know everything about.
1: Mm. I like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's wow. just a new experience. Yeah, um, yeah. I
1: like that.
0: An ex- exploration of life and what it can do, what it can mean. Some, some, And it doesn't have to be, like, dangerous.
1: Just some measure of the unknown. Mm-hmm. So there's some measure measure of vulnerability there.
0: Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say investing is an adventure, but you don't know the outcome. <laughs> so... <laughs> Huh, like I'm going on an adventure. I'm like throwing a hundred bucks into cryptocurrency. Like that's no, I'm going <laughs> to say no.
1: <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Cause that fits that qualification we we're just it talking does. about, but yeah, I wouldn't consider it an adventure, but. Maybe, and also like, it, it definitely a- has
0: like a, an autonomous individual thing. Like your soul has to be affected. You're. Yeah, your soul has to be affected and your soul has to have challenge or beauty or whatever mm. to, like, expand just who you are. Mm. Yeah, those are big abstract words. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. That's interesting. I and mean, also, I don't, like, even, like, super believe in the soul either. But
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like every conversation I have <laughs> with you, at some point you say that. I do say that.
0: <laughs> I don't... That's no. great.
1: I'm glad you say it.
0: Like, a lot of people it's believe funny. in the soul, and that's fine. <laughs> but, like, I don't... I don't Like, I'm just an animated meat sack, you know? <laughs> you know, the only difference between me and those dead people I worked with is I have a heartbeat. Hmm. But, like, they're just laying in the ground, and I'm just... I'm laying on the ground in the, in some ways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Eight hours a day.
0: Yeah. You're, we're dead.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Um... <clears throat> I am really fascinated by this idea of adventure, and I don't know if we'd be able to come up with an all-encompassing definition of it, although that is a goal I have in my life and with this oh. podcast, is to identify what is adventure. I feel like we're getting closer to it, but then that's a great point you made, that there are some things you can do where you, there is some measure of unknown, but it just doesn't seem like an adventure. yeah. I
0: don't know. Maybe there's just not
1: there's You're some have measure to ask of risk some
0: more expend- adventurous, than me, right? <laughs> yeah. Like don't you know that guy that like I don't know people that base jump. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, or like speed huh. flying, that seems like an adventure. Yeah. Yeah, one time <laughs> at the funeral home I picked up a base jumper who died base wow. jumping. Yeah, that was and it was weird, you know, it's like it was pretty fresh into my years there and it's like, dude, this is a guy my age. And like mm. I go hiking sometimes. This could be me. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty weird. Huh. This guy was just jumped off a cliff and died. And uh I uh like, why did he die and I'm alive? Mm. <laughs> Even though I don't really know him, but like we were both in like very similar places in our
1: life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> huh. There's another quote. I'm quoting. This is like I most I've quotes. ever quoted really before. <clears throat> a guy named Matt Graham, who was on this podcast. Oh, I love Matt Graham. One of the things he said on his episode that I really loved, and I think about it all the time when I'm out. I was actually thinking about it today when I went in uh, trail running up Wasson Peak here. I was thinking about this thing that he said, that he said, you know, you can't plan a trip in nature. You might think you can, but you can't mother nature does it's going to do its own thing regardless mm-hmm. of whatever you plan for or whatever you can't plan that and i thought about it today because this what you bring that up that like oh this guy did this he was going this adventurous thing obviously that's a really adventurous thing mm-hmm. um what was it cliff jumping base jumping base jumping yeah that's uh that's that's like that's and right you up there jump off of a cliff with a parachute yeah that's like that's like as wild as it can get almost um so obviously there's a lot larger risk with that than just going on a hike but how many people have like just gone on a day hike and got lost for like weeks or days you know whatever or even just died or never were found you know Mm -hmm. there's always a measure of risk and
0: dude, every time you get in your car, absolutely, you're like, you're
1: more likely to die every time you drive so than dangerous. you are hiking. Yeah, it's, it's kind of so interesting. Dangerous. Yeah. Driving is very dangerous, yeah, isn't that incredible? <clears throat> but we don't consider it an adventure, you know, <laughs> to go out there and like, you're like, oh, you're crazy living on the edge, going for a drive, <laughs> going to the store, you know. <laughs> um, it but, really is, <clears throat> it's oh, dangerous. Yeah. It's like, probably, if you were to statistically analyze everything that we do on a mm-hmm. regular basis, driving is like off the charts. It probably. is off the
0: charts, it's incredible. People don't realize that. And it's like, it was like a weird thing that like haunts me. I don't know if that is that. Yeah, it's just haunting how many, like how. It's haunting how many (laughs) like dead bodies I picked up who got in car crashes. It's like the number like four cause of death,
1: you know? Huh. Yeah. So, but we would. I feel like most people, unless you're like road tripping, that's like an adventure, you know. Yeah. Post all the pictures on Instagram, but <laughs> but I, I I I'd be willing to sub- bet several dollars because I only have several dollars to my <laughs> name um, that most people don't consider driving an adventure. Yeah, no, um, but it is very risky. And kind of beyond your control, there's always some measure of unknown. You don't know what other drivers are going to be out there. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're under the influence. You don't know anything, animals on the road, weather, all the all the factors, you know. But we don't consider it an adventure. And so maybe that's some aspect of understanding what adventure is, is you have to truly understand some measure of risk. Yeah. Uh- I
0: don't know. You don't agree? I don't, like... This is kind of a pointless conversation for Oh,
1: (laughs) man, I think it's good!
0: (laughs) Nah, like, what is adventure? Risk? What, like... uh, Risk. Risk is such a funny thing, because people die, it's unfair, and, like, babies die, children die, Uh and it's unfair.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? There's just... There's a risk to playing on the playground. It's, um... And yeah, anytime you're you bump up against somebody else in life, you don't know everything that's gonna happen to mm. you. In fact, I I would say that like anybody I have like a, a real conversation with has affected me yeah. in some way. Like down in there, Paul Absolutely. Bird is is the amalgamation of everybody I've met. Mm. Like, what is like pure Paul Bird? There probably isn't a pure Paul Bird. Yeah. I'm just like repeating what other people have said to me and I'm just you know, always in comparison to them, um, I'm either conforming or I'm not conforming. But you can only conform if there's people to conform to. You know, mm. nobody exists in a vacuum. Nobody, no man is an island. There's a quote. A quote! Yeah. No man is an island. Um, yeah. So life's an adventure because mm. people are going to affect you. Mm. I'm affected. I change. Oh, my gosh, I've changed.
1: Absolutely. Oh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something I like about myself is I change a lot. Mm. <laughs> I've changed my ideas, I've changed my mm. politics, I've changed uh just my way of being, <laughs> my goals. Dude, changing's great. Something isn't serving you, just
1: change. It's not that bad. Mm. Maybe change is an aspect of adventure. I know you hate this conversation, but I'm not going to stop thinking about <laughs> it. Uh yeah, change. Wow. Yeah, yeah that is one thing I do love about you, Paul Bird. Um, you're very, it's hard to peg you in any way, shape or form, which is Is very (laughs) fascinating. Yeah. Like one of the first times I realized this about you, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's things I could just assume Mm -hmm. about you and would probably be for the general population of people in our kind of demographic sort of, of Mm -hmm. sort of quasi wilderness, hippie, whatever you want to call it. Um, (laughs) I remember one of the first times was... You know, Thich Nhat Hanh, Yeah. the very renowned, uh, who actually just passed away he did, recently. Passed away, yeah. um, but he was a renowned, uh, was he a Buddhist monk,
0: I believe? I believe he was Buddhist.
1: Yeah, but, you know, wrote a lot of books and stuff and yeah. very influential and very insightful. And so, you know, kind of <laughs> generally speaking, people in our realm would be like, oh, Thich Nhat Han! like, wow, just so amazing, you know? And uh, we or like, oh, did you read that new Thich Han book? Wow, just so powerful. And I remember I just assumed you would probably be of that same <laughs> persuasion, yeah. which why not? And then I, I brought something up about Thich Han. You're like, oh, hated that book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was How to Love uh-huh. by Thich Han, Hanh. And um, yeah, I didn't like
1: it at all. Um, and and I, I read it. I, I like, love so that you didn't me. like it because no one would ever say that ever. Of course. Everyone's like, oh, Buddhist monk.
0: But I've also, also like, I've changed my mind about him. I think it was just that particular book. Mm-hmm. But um, there's also The Pocket Buddhist by Thich Nhat Hanh. And yeah. um, I like some things out of there. I would never, like, read it front to back. Um, it's definitely, like, a skim-through book and, like, yeah. oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, How to Love. I don't think I believe in love either. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I know contradicts earlier in the conversation. <laughs> but...
1: Hey, you're changing. You're changing, I, even in this conversation. I contain
0: multitudes. Yeah. I contain oh, multitudes. It comes full circle. That's what it is.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, what is love? <laughs> it's such an abstract concept. You know, none of us will ever agree on what love is. We'll never like yeah. love each other equally, which is interesting. Like, I will always like love somebody more than they'll love me back, or vice versa. We'll never be equal in love. We'll never have a a fair, balanced life. Ugh, it's so frustrating. <laughs>
1: Anyway. Yeah, we're covering a lot of topics in this episode. We're going all over <laughs> yeah, the place. I'm sorry, I'm... Wow. No, it's great. This is exactly what I wanted from a Paul Bird episode. <laughs> um, this is amazing.
0: I can try to focus in, and I don't
1: know. No, you're doing a great job. I, don't have... I want you to be your 100% self, which you are doing. Okay. This is fantastic. But well, there is You
0: haven't even talked about the music yet. The music? You, yeah, I'm a professional violinist.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Here, tell us us about that.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm on the Southern Arizona Symphony Orchestra. Currently, we're playing Rhapsody in Blue by Gershwin and the Firebird Suite by Stravinsky. And both of those are part of my dream pieces, so I'm fulfilling some dreams right now. Bucket list items just being done. Adventure. Yeah, it's kind of an adventure, although practicing the violin is not an adventure. It's weird. Mm. Like, so much work goes into music. (laughs) And... People who listen to music, including myself, like you just you don't see how much work goes into it. Mm. And it's very strange because it's like it's like performing surgery, you know? Like yeah. it's so particular, so fine. And the result is it's pretty for like a few minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like so much work for this much reward. Yeah. And it's just gone after the night's over. Huh. And it's it's like so strange that I put so much into music and I love it so much when it's so it, it it'll never it'll never be satisfied there's mm. no way to satisfy yeah. my artistic vision
1: huh i i love that you said that because mm-hmm. i feel like it actually does tie into all the other things we it talk does about. i love am that. a little bit more consistent than i sound i swear because <laughs> <laughs> your your experience on the azt will be kind of like that it will be you will have many times where it might just not be very fun yeah, and very tedious and just kind of like just a grind. Like mm-hmm. you said, practicing all your parts on the violin and everything, like tons of work going to it. When you finish it, there'll be a really awesome Instagram post. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. I will like it. Lots of other people will. It'll be fantastic. You'll we'll get some great pictures and people be like, oh, that's so cool. You did the ACT, ACT and, and you will say the same thing and mm-hmm. it will be great. Wonderful. Yeah. But everyone else – Will not see, same with your experience with, with music, that day-to-day day just like grind after grind after grind. There's like times where it's not very glamorous. Yeah. It's not very cool. It's not fun. It's not even enjoyable. <laughs> Might actually hate it Yikes. at certain times. Oh my but, sorry, <laughs> you should still do it. Okay. <laughs> but I love that. that. That's a really cool way to connect music, I feel like. Cause well, classical music. classical music. Yes, I'm a snob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a rock and roll guy, but I've experienced the same things oh, to sure. some degree. No, you know, Rock and roll is also difficult,
0: and jazz. No, music is a difficult thing for anybody who does it. There's no genre that's worse than another as far as I'm just a snob
1: because I'm a snob and it's a meme or something. <laughs> <laughs> Can I throw this out to you? There's an analogy that I give to a lot of people when they're asking me tips on getting into running mm-hmm. or even hiking if like maybe they're really out of shape and they want to like climb some mountains or something, you know, and they're like, ah, man, how do I get started with running or something? And I always give them this analogy and it's a music analogy oh. and you're a musician. So I wonder if you, how you feel about this. I pretty much always tell them, um, when you start running, you will hate it. You might have like, maybe if you run for 30 seconds, the first 30 seconds, maybe it will be nice. But a lot of times I always say for most people, you need to learn how to run. If you haven't really run much in your life, we we just kind of assume we know how to run because we have legs and we've been walking around on them and, you know, run here and there maybe when we were kids. But if you haven't run, you don't know how to run. And same can be said about hiking as well. And so you assume that you know, but you don't. And so when you're trying to get into it and start doing it, it actually hurts and it's not fun. And so most people will quit and say, Oh, I hate running, I hate hiking, Mm -hmm. but they don't know how to do it. And I say when I was learning guitar, it actually physically hurt my fingers. And it was not fun at all. I couldn't play anything, my fingers hurt, like it just there was nothing about it that was enjoyable really maybe occasionally just messing around and I could make some random notes, make a noise. And that was somewhat enjoyable, but overall there was no glamor there. It was, it's not fun at all. Um, but the only thing that keeps people going with guitar and maybe you'd have to speak to violin is there's just hope. You hope that you've seen other people or heard other people like, wow, That looks like it could be really fun. And they say, it is. It is really great. It took a lot, a lot of work to get to where that person is. You don't see any of that. Mm -hmm. But you have this hope that maybe you can experience some kind of joy that they experience. Or when you see a runner and you're like, oh, that sounds amazing. Or someone who's going to do the AZT. That sounds amazing to go hike 800 miles in the wilderness. Wow. I want to do that. And maybe you go for a hike and you're like, oh, that sucked. No, <laughs> I don't want to do it. You know, And that's fair. You can yeah. do that if you want. But I always tell them that analogy is mm-hmm. like you have to learn how to do it just like you're learning to play an instrument yeah. because it won't be fun at first and you don't know how to do it. You might think you do, but you don't. I would totally agree with that analogy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, life is not all rainbows and sunshine. It's hard work. It's mm-hmm. part of just being a human being on this planet mm-hmm. right you have to what is that that bible verse you know the um, by the sweat of your brow
1: mm, yeah
0: yeah it's somewhere Shall in genesis eat, eat eat, bread by the sweat yeah. of your brow yeah yeah um i like quoting the bible i've been reading the bible lately um but yeah life's hard life's unfair in a lot of ways um, but I also realized, like, I have a lot of, like, privilege, too. You know, I was raised in a very wonderful place with a very wonderful family. And so I know it's, like, harder for some people. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say, like, yeah, life is just not easy. And it's also frustrating because I have people come into my sporting goods store and, like, buy boots. And they're always asking, like, I which ones are going to work? And I'm like, hiking is not going to be beautiful it's not like it's <laughs> you're going to hurt i'm sorry there's no boot that will make <laughs> it so like cact- if you run into a cactus you will run into a cactus mm. you know like there's there's no amount of preparation no no magic gear that like makes mm. and, like people that go glamping i'm going to yeah. totally like hate on them right now yeah. they, like take a a refrigerator to their camp and it's like <laughs> <laughs> who like no, like there's, there's no amount, like that's, that's a bad way to live life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is. It's horrible to like expect that much luxury uh. in, in the woods. Um, yeah. Or just in life. Mm. Right. There's like 99% of Americans right now live like so outside of, of mass luxury Maybe it's not 99%, but, like, not everybody lives a luxurious life. And, uh, like, I I don't envy Jeff Bezos. I don't. Mm. I don't envy that life, you know? Like, he he wants for nothing. He has people peel his grapes. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want that. That sounds like torture to me in some ways. Yeah. Laying in bed. I mean, every once in a while it's nice, but you can't lay in bed forever.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Life That's isn't right. meant to be cozy and comfortable.
1: It's just coming to term with, terms with the fact that
0: it's it's not going to be. It's not going to be. And it's frustrating because like, when we were like infants in the womb, or not like, what is it, infants, but like, I don't know, babies. Yeah. I don't like the word babies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whatever no, you are before word. you're born. Fetus? Fetus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you're a fetus, everything is beautiful and perfect. You know, it's warm. You have a constant feed right to your stomach, which is pretty incredible, right? Yeah. Um, But... Like birth is traumatic for the baby. Like you have to like be squeezed and yeah, your skull crazy. is crushed during birth. <laughs> it's
1: like, wait a second. Yeah. And do that's I wanna do this, wanna come to this place. <laughs>
0: that's biology, Do yeah. And like the baby has to cry. And it's like, I wonder I, I I'm not a I've never taken any kind of psychology. I'm not a very educated man, but like there there's always like that part of us that like wants to be held by our mother and Mm. just everything is perfect and magical. But your mom isn't going to be there forever. Mm. You know, I, uh, (laughs) yeah. In fact, I would, I would say right now, I, I love my parents. I love them dearly. And they're, they're not close to death, but like I'm seeing their faces change and like, their voices change into like old people faces and and voices. Um, And I know like they're on the downhill rather than growing up. Um, And that's like really scary that like, I'm going to have to live life eventually without my parents. Mm -hmm. And they've been such a safety net for me. It's just such a crutch for me my whole life. Uh, You know, we both live here in Tucson and um, I go down there and do my laundry and like you know yeah. talk about books with my mom, but eventually she 's gonna die
1: mm.
0: and <laughs> it, my home is a quite comfortable place for me um that house, my parents but i 'm gonna have to live without it when they die anyway. <laughs> this is something I talk about all the time too It's just death <laughs> it's I love it. I don't no, know. I mean,
1: this podcast is a nature podcast, and you can't get much more natural than death.
0: It's true. There's only, like, mm. an art, right? Yeah. All great art, There. there's some quote. I should figure out who said this quote. Um, all great art has, is the subject it's trying to capture is sex and death, huh. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah. But, yeah, lots of art is about death
1: and sex. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nature. Nature as a whole. Um. Well, there's one last question, okay. Paul Bird, that I want to hear what in the heck happened. Um, so, when you were living your life as a mortician, mm-hmm. living your best life there, uh, killing it, <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, um, and then all of a sudden you decided to go work in a very different environment doing wilderness therapy at the Anasazi Foundation and you ended up staying there for 32 straight months which once again if you don't understand what an accomplishment that is I as a weak person I've been working there I've been working there on and off don't for <laughs> I've been working at Anasazi on and off for 8 years now eight years. 7 or 8 years oh, and but I can only work 5 or 6 months at a time before I got to I got to take a break A fairly long break. (laughs) And, uh, but I always come back, but I got to get refreshed and that's pretty common for most people. Some people stay longer, you know, but it's, it's, (laughs) yeah, some people go walk one week out there and say, (laughs) nope, not for me, which is totally understandable. Um, it's pretty crazy out there. Um, but you did 32 months straight. Like it was mind blowing. Um, to yeah. watch you. Every time I'd come back, I'd be like, well, Paul's still here. <laughs> what the heck? Is he all right? Um, but so, how did that happen? What was the transition there? Like, why? Why did you make that transition?
0: So, I was working in Phoenix at a funeral home and I had just graduated mortician school. And I was working like the summer after graduation and there was just, like, a moment where it was like, so this is it. This is every day for the rest of my life. Um, I had gone as far as you go <laughs> in the funeral world. And I had seen everything I would see. And, you know, like, there wouldn't be too many more surprises in life. I, I knew how to do – <laughs> I can do a Catholic funeral in two seconds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, it was no longer challenging me. I was no longer learning. And um, – It was like, it wasn't boredom. Of course I wasn't bored, but like, I just was like, I can't settle down right now. I, I can't. There was some moment where I was like, I'm not going to do it. And I wanted to go back down to Tucson because Phoenix is a horrible town. (laughs) Fight me. Uh, (laughs) Phoenix is terrible. Like nice enough people, but like that town is just built in such a way that's just so, ugh, it makes me mad that people live there. Um... (laughs) But um, I wanted to go back down to Tucson because this is my home. This is where I want to live. And um, I just took the first job that came up on Facebook Marketplace. It wasn't Facebook Marketplace. It was some Facebook thing. And it was actually laying pipe at a mine Oh. Yeah, and I was like, well, done with the funeral, home bye. So <laughs> go and do pipe. Yeah. So I laid pipe for a year. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I built that. America. Yeah, look at that. Oh them. my gosh. Yeah, wow. I don't know. Like there's some like weird like romanticizing miners, you know. Oh yeah. Thing. Yeah, it was a mine. Wow. So I learned how to drive a boat and lay pipe. Um and then but, like, up in Phoenix, I did meet trail walkers. Hillary Clemens, oh my gosh, I met her,
1: mm. and she is just like an angel. Hillary is great. I don't know. like <laughs> Hello, Hillary. I think Hillary listens to this podcast. <laughs> I've heard. Hillary, you're great. Love you. Yeah. Well, I was like, I want to
0: be her <laughs> <laughs> in every sense of the word. Like, she is, oh my gosh, such an amazing woman. And um, yeah, she told me, like, Anasazi changed my life. So I was like, oh, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and it did like it's an amazing place you like yeah. you live in the woods with troubled teenagers and uh, <laughs> uh, they, they I love them dearly love so many of them um, they loved me it was great very positive environment very challenging you know like there's a the survival aspect that's challenging there's just like high intensity emotions and anger and working through Anger. <laughs> Lots of angry kids out there. <laughs> Bless their hearts. And, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so it was good for me. And so I'm glad I did it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of putting it on the spot here so I understand if you sure. can't think of anything off the top of your head. But are there any experiences you had while during those 32 straight months that were particularly meaningful to you that you'd feel comfortable sharing? Obviously there's some laws we live by. We can't share, you know, young, you know, some of the kids names and things like that. But are, are there, are there any experiences that come to mind that were particularly meaningful or impactful to you that you can think of? And you can think for a while if you want, because I can edit this. So don't worry. And if there were zero, that is okay. But I kind of think that probably isn't true. yeah
0: (laughs) there's um i think getting the first stages of hypothermia was definitely like a a terrifying experience and having to be like another band like rescued us (laughs) as in like they brought us dry wood that we could put on the fire and get it going and we did like by some miracle and um yeah, having the first stages of hypothermia and, like, you can't use your hands. Mm. You know, like, you like you, your fingers just stop working. It's so pretty incredible.
1: What 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 happened? I don't know. Like, it was... Get to this. Why were you hypothermic? What happened?
0: It was the winter, and it rained, and we hiked in the freezing rain. And when we got to camp, everything was wet and had a hard time getting a fire going. And yeah. the rain had stopped at that point, but it was starting to get really cold because the sun was starting to go down. Yeah. It was terrifying. Mm. Um but we did it. We survived. Had help. So <laughs> And uh and that prepared me for the following winter when we had a blizzard and I don't know like something in me like went into primal mode. Yeah. I was like a blizzard's coming and we <laughs> and you are not getting out of your sleeping bag, you know. I just yeah. I and uh my band didn't get hypothermia and it was definitely like much worse conditions much more dangerous conditions than it was the previous year and that's uh that's really impacted me like just a weird like experience of going through something hard and the next year being incredibly prepared Mm. (laughs) uh yeah yeah. and i think that's that's part of the reason why well Yeah, there was that. <laughs> Let me talk about another on one though. I adore trail walkers or my coworkers. I adore my coworkers. They are just wonderful people. Everybody has such amazing stories and beautiful hearts, and you can just like talk with them and sing with them and uh, sleep on their couch. <laughs> like, it's so weird how much, like, your coworker, which is I feel like at most jobs, you don't have each other's back as much yeah. as you do it in wilderness therapy. Mm. You're just such a team. Yeah. And I loved that. I really loved that. So
1: mm.
0: that's a good experience. A yeah, particular absolutely. one named Amanda. Who, mm-hmm. <laughs> Amanda and I walked together every week during a summer one time. and we could just read each other's minds by the end of the summer you know it was very we were very much in sync and such a powerful team it was it's so weird just like have so much trust on this woman that you know like we haven't seen each other since since we've quit or since she's quit i don't think maybe a little bit but we had like so much we've seen each other cry. Same thing with Caitlin. Like, oh my gosh, Caitlin and I have seen each other Caitlin, at our worst. Caitlin Thane. Caitlin Thane. Yeah. Interview her on the podcast. I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, she and I have seen each other at our worst and just crying, bawling our eyes out because the kids are driving us nuts or whatever. Yeah. Or I don't know, the sun's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, like, we have just so much support for each other, even though, like, it's incredibly hard and, like, there's nothing we can do. We can't, like, stop the sun. We can't stop the kids from being complete idiots. But, um, I don't know. For some reason, there's just so much love mm. for my coworkers. So, it's definitely, like, I I stopped, stopped working there in December, and it's now March. And I miss it dearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think I would because it is incredibly hard, but... I, I miss the coworkers so much and I yeah. still like try to like insert myself into their lives now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm always hanging out with them and I'm like, please don't forget me kind of thing. But
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a
0: real thing. It's a real thing. Uh-huh. Although being like an extra walker is like pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Cause I still have this incredible connection. Yeah. I still got this connection. Still has this uh-huh. incredible love for people. Yeah. Um, but I don't have to
1: live in the woods <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with yeah. troubled teenagers. Yeah, well, I I I fully agree with the hypothermia story and just the connection with the trail walkers. That's what got me, eventually coming back year after year after year. Because I was like, wow, I've never, I've always been pretty blessed to have a great sense of community Mm -hmm. in everywhere I've ever been. I've been very lucky that way. But uh, but when I came and walked the trail that first year, I was like, wow, I've never had that depth. Of community and it maybe have been maybe it's less people than it was maybe it was in college and the my friend group or something like that but it was like these people and the things you just did together <laughs> like yeah literally like you see each other cry all the time I would never cried so much oh. you know and like you just see each other at your most stressed out point your happiest point like just every emotion you know um, angry like everything you know <laughs> I think Uh,
0: another thing that's unique to the trail is you tap into your primal mode. hmm. It's a very like strange feeling. You like your instincts take over sometimes, especially like in those heightened moments. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe it has something to do with like just being in nature for a long time and you don't care anymore, but like you turn into like this caveman or something just like, (laughs) or saber tooth tiger, (laughs) just like primal instinct. And you just do what you have to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because your body is just doing it on its own. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody's experienced that, but like every time I've like had to restrain a child, you know, it's like incredible, like high emotions. And like, but I didn't even think about it. You know, I just Mm -hmm. like grabbed onto them and like prevented them from fighting each other or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, um, or like (laughs) just bushwhacking too. just like, powering through cat claw and just being covered like i
1: love doing that
0: it's like you feel so powerful and so primal oh my gosh i'm getting excited this is crazy
1: yeah (laughs) i i love doing that huh
0: i'm done talking oh
1: (laughs) (laughs) no yeah bushwhacking i love doing it i almost want to do it like you said sometimes if you don't know arizona the plant cat claw it's it's worst. a controversial one, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it loves to hang on to you. It's got a barbed, it's got tons of barbed it little hurts. spikes on it, hooks onto you, just wants to love you so hard. But, uh, sometimes you'll just encounter this sea of cat claw and there's no other way. And maybe you'll try to find another way, like oh, if we climb up here or whatever, and I'm always like, no, we must go right <laughs> through it. <laughs> But it's kind of fun. Yeah, when you tap into that primal side, you like talk to each other like, all right, this is it. There is no other way. We have to go straight through it. We're going to bleed. All of us are going to shed blood at this moment. Are you willing? And it kind of like hypes everybody up. And you just run through it and scream. And yeah, it's like this like primal side that you don't tap into a lot. But it's kind of awesome. It's so awesome. I love it. And, uh, yeah, everything you've said, Paul Bird, I'm like, yes. 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 Hypothermia, all of this. <laughs> so great. Uh. But anybody can do it. Don't be scared of the trail. If
0: you want to go work there, please yes. do it. Yes. Like, I, I'm i a fragile gay
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what you said, it was like, in those moments, when, whenever I'm training new staff out there or around new staff, and I remember how it was when I was new, it was like, well, what do you do if this happens? What do you mm-hmm. do if this happens? And they're legitimate questions. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times not necessarily like, well, this is the official protocol in this specific situation, because every situation is so different. Mm-hmm. There's so many factors and things that are going on, but... Obviously, training is important and all of that kind of stuff, but usually when I've been in some, like, intense situation, you just do what needs to be done, and you just – everything else flies out the window, and you just do it. Mm -hmm. And usually, it's not till like, maybe, like, a half an hour later, like, oh, that was pretty crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: You just go – just jump in there and get it done. Yeah. And uh, then later, you laugh about it and, like, wow, that was wild. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's, like, a primal side of you that just kicks in. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, about that. I want to share another story. Yeah, oh, my please. gosh. Yeah. We're
0: going way too long. But I remember having to, like, run after this girl that was trying to just run away. And, like, I hit my knee on a rock. And I have, like, this scar. See it? Like, it's oh, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. See it. There's it's, like, weird. That's, like, you know, wow. my job, like, gave that to me. Wow. But I – um and I was, like, this – and It was bleeding profusely, but like I did not have time to stop and yeah. like take care of myself. I had to like make sure this girl was safe, uh-huh. and so I was just like running. And it's like a weird like I
1: don't know, I'm about to laugh
0: right now. No, it's I'm funny. Just picturing it, you know, intense. like laughing at trauma. Laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, you know, laughter is. And like sometimes when life's uncomfortable, you laugh. And like, uh-huh. where's that? There's that another quote, Marjorie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. this
1: is the most quoted episode of it. Yes,
0: some like. Things in life will either make you laugh or cry. I prefer to laugh. Mm -hmm. Crying gives me a headache. (laughs) Yes. It's not complicated. Crying gives me a headache. Let's just laugh instead. Yeah. Marjorie Pay Hinckley. God rest her soul. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, back to the story.
0: Oh, that's just the whole story. story. You know, just like you have you're just bleeding i i my head was bleeding profusely one time and i just, like have blood all over my face and i'm it's yelling so awesome. at kids <laughs> yeah so and awesome. they felt so bad cuz like they kind of caused <laughs> the, my my injury there i had to go to the hospital to get stitches but oh wow um <laughs> but yeah it was, like your body just goes so so hard and it's in you it's in everybody like yeah. this is how our ancestors lived mm. you know this is how our bodies evolved yeah. it's just like we, we have, we can withstand so much and we are so powerful and like our bodies are just so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit because I don't know, maybe like modern day society is a little bit too comfortable or cushy or whatever. Mm. But it's how we evolved, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. We are yeah. powerful. Like we, like our ancestors ran after deer and just caught them with their bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe that's not right. But like what was it they they would run and
1: persistence hunting yes where
0: they just tire out the deer and um so they just run until the deer is tired and they pick up the deer once it's too tired to go on it might
1: take like multiple days that you keep following
0: (laughs) it's weird that like that's that's the same species we are we are capable of that and like
1: yeah and everybody had to live like that back in the day right yeah yeah so cool so awesome. Wise words, Paul Bird. That inspires me to want to do hard things. Yeah. So thank you for inspiring me and I'm assuming many other people out there listening.
0: I love everybody <laughs> listening right now. Look me up
1: on Instagram. <laughs> Look him up on Instagram, Paul Bird. Wait, what's your name on there?
0: Uh, postmodern pastoral mm. is my my at on Instagram mm-hmm. or find me on Facebook or Twitter or something. <laughs> yeah. But Instagram's my favorite, I think.
1: Uh-huh. And if you would like to purchase a t-shirt with Paul Bird's face on it that I designed, you can go to fordthunder.com slash merch. And if that link doesn't work, which sometimes it does, I don't know why, <laughs> then just go to FordThunder.com, find the merch, go in there, buy a Paul, Paul Bird shirt. Pretty cool shirt. I it's actually that. my highest sold shirt, I think, now. I'd have to go back and check the stats, but uh, it's a great shirt. Yeah, so. I wear my shirt sometimes <laughs> when I go to work, yeah. and I have a mask
0: on, and I just still want people to like know what I look like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, my
0: boss loves that t-shirt.
1: <laughs> it's a great shirt. So yeah, pick yourself up a Paul Bird shirt and uh, follow Paul Byrd on the social medias, and yeah. and then you'll understand why we all love Paul Bird, and he <laughs> knows that we love them, but that we love him. Cool. So anyway, thanks, Paul. Thanks very much for doing this and for bringing me this pizza. And uh... hallelujah! Hallelujah, brother. All right, see ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. See yeah. ya here. Oh. Yeah. <tries> <tries> <tries>